0: Today, I am going to tell you a little bit about yourself. I didn't say about myself, I said about yourself. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? You know, I have had numerous people over the last year who have made a comment for whatever reason. They say, Man, I just don't even hardly know who I am anymore. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Have you ever said that? Don't answer that. Yeah. You said that, you said that about your wife? Yeah. Okay, this ain't that kind of service, Pastor. Okay? This is uplifting. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you four things about you. Uh, you may be saying, who do you think you are? You don't know nothing about me. You're just a good-looking oriental dude up there. <laughs> no, you're probably not saying that. But I am going to tell you four things about you, yourself. Just, well, Before I forget... A good friend of mine and me were having a uh, little conversation via messaging this morning. Mr. J.J. Vineyard, he's down at Springerton, spreading love down there, preaching to, filling in down there, preaching to that congregation. It's good for preachers to preach, isn't it? You know the old saying about preachers, they uh, are a lot like manure. Manure you get them all piled up and they start to stink. But if you spread them around a little bit, then they can do some good. You guys don't get out much, do you? Recently, I was down Whenever I say whenever I say down south, a lot of you guys are world travelers, and you're thinking down in Louisiana and stuff like that. No, I'm talking about down in Whittington, <laughs> down south of Mount Vernon. Uh, Rick and Carlin and myself, we went down there, and we had visited a church, and uh, there was a fellow there. He was the associate pastor down there. Very nice gentleman. Um, he would sort of be my counterpart, I guess. That church down there is pretty much similar to ours. It's about the same size and everything. So it was very interesting going down there and visiting with him. And uh, anyway, uh, he was giving us a tour of the place and everything and telling us what all all was going on there. And so you know me, Uh, some may say that I'm inquisitive. Some may say I'm nosy. So I start asking him questions, and I see Rick's already grinning. He knows where I'm going with this. And uh, I start asking him, you know, what all do you do here and everything? And he was the associate pastor. And The guy is so intelligent. Like, he's very techy, had all these qualifications and everything. And I start thinking, well, I can't do any of this. I don't know how to do anything. So anyway, that conversation went on and on. Uh, I'll get back to that here in just a second. So the first thing I'm going to tell you about yourself, about who you are, and you should know this because you just sang it a while ago, and it's that you are loved by him. That is who you are. Now, I'm not talking about... So like whenever we say who is such and such, we usually describe them about what they do, especially, especially men. We usually uh, say, uh, uh, you know, uh, let's just say doc, for instance. Well, he's a doctor. Patrick Moltz, a doctor. But that's really not the core of who he is. We might even say that Rick, he's the youth pastor. That's what he does. That's his ministry. But that's really not even the core of who he is. The basis for who he is, is he is loved by God. The pastor just quoted uh, John 3.16 when he was closing out. And you know that God loves you. He loves the whole world. But let's look at this individually. He loves each and every one of us so much that he would give his only son. See, if you're wondering who you are, you just get in your mind, I am loved. I am loved. I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to tell them, You are loved. If nobody's ever told you that this year, someone just told you that. You are loved. Now back to Whittington down at the church, just carrying on this conversation. And most of you that know me know that I'm, well, for lack of better words, I'm full of it. <laughs> so, I uh, we were just talking and everything, and talking about who all was on staff there and everything. I just thought ah, I'm going to mess with this guy. So I said. Man, dude, there's no way you guys would ever hire a guy like me here. And he was like, "What?" And I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Why? Why's that?" And I said, "Oh, I've got a horrible resume." <laughs> he goes, well, "What do you mean?" And I said, "I can't do anything. All the things you said you could do, I can't do anything." I said, I, "I'm horrible at tech. I'm um, not a very good teacher." Not a very good preacher. I said, I just can't do anything. He goes, and this, this is how intelligent this guy is. He made the comment. He goes, well, we just have to see what you were good at. <laughs> I thought, man, this dude is smart. And he asked me, he said, what are you good at? I said, well, not the only thing that I'm good at is I care about people. I'm committed and I love people and that's about all I'm good at really good at and that's about all that really really when you get down to the core of it is the real basis for who I am now I I told you who I am and I just told you one of the things who you are. And the Bible tells us to love one another, doesn't it? And so if I love you guys, and hopefully you love me, and we love each other, that's going to bring unity to the church, isn't it? Even through different issues and problems that anytime you have people, you're going to have friction and this and that. But when we love one another, even to the point of sacrifice, which is what God did for us, that he gave his only son, there's sacrifice involved in that. When we love someone to the point of sacrifice, putting their needs in front of ours, then that's true love, isn't it? Even if we think, well, I'm right and they're wrong, Whenever we sacrifice even our own feelings, that's true love, isn't it? You are loved. That's the first thing. The next thing that you are, ready for this? You are forgiven. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You are forgiven. Now, here's one thing that I hear a lot of people say, and I've even made the mistake of saying this myself before. I have a hard time forgiving myself. Have you ever said that? Have you ever heard other people say that? But that's really not where it starts, because I don't care how hard you try. If you've messed up as bad as I have in life, and that's all you're basing it on, is whether you forgive yourself or not, you may never forgive yourself. But what's important is that God forgives you. And from that, you can work on yourself. Start with that. Start with God forgives me. Amen. No matter where you're at in life, God will forgive you. So you're loved. You're forgiven. Third thing that you are. You are redeemed. Ephesians 1.7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. You are redeemed. That's a funny word, redeemed. Every time I hear it, you want to know what I think about? The old days and 16 ounce soda bottles. Some of you people have blank looks on your face because you don't even know what in the world I'm talking about. If you are that person, you have been deprived of the joy of drinking out of a 16-ounce returnable glass soda bottle. Yeah, Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? So used to, you would buy soda in these eight packs of bottles. They were 16 inches, they had real thick glass, and we had an old Kelvinator refrigerator. And you would put them things in there, and it'd get that, that refrigerator, man, it would get to the point of almost freezing it and then you'd pop the lid off of that dude and take a drink, and whenever you would, it would sort of ice up a little bit. Ooh, man, that went down smooth. The joy of drinking out of a 16-ounce glass bottle. Now all you guys know is drinking out of these plastic things. It's totally different. And we would take those bottles back after we were done, and we'd take them back to the grocery store, and guess what, you got 10 cents for every bottle. You would redeem those back in. You know, when I think back about it, we would drink out of a bottle that several other people had (laughs) drank out of. (laughs) Nevertheless, the bottle had worth, didn't it? I'm gonna tell you something about yourself, You are worth something. And don't you ever let anybody tell you you're not. Because God says you're worth his son's blood, all his blood, and all his tears. You are worth something. You are loved. You are forgiven. You are redeemed. The fourth thing that I'm going to tell you about yourself, you are a child of God. A lot of people will tell you you're a lot of things or call you a lot of things. Do not listen to them if it's negative. You are a child of God. First John 3, 1 says, see what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you are a child of God. I've told you more today about yourself than you ever knew, didn't I? (laughs) You may be sitting in your seat and you may be thinking, George, I've been a Christian for 30 years. I already know all this stuff. But the person sitting next to you may not. And even the person who's been a Christian for 30 years and knows all this stuff sometimes forgets. And it doesn't matter if you're somebody who works at a factory or whether you're the pastor or the associate pastor or the youth pastor or you're whether beautiful John down here who just sang us that song. It's easy sometimes to forget. The enemy is the author of confusion. He doesn't want you to know these things. He wants you to forget them. He come to kill, steal, and destroy, but God, he came to give us life and life more abundantly. You are loved. You are forgiven. You are redeemed. You are a child of God. I know I'm awful nosy and I know I'm awful bossy, but I had to tell you who you are if the musicians would go ahead and come. I've told you that God loves you, but I wanna take that even farther. I told you that I love you, but I wanna tell you one other thing. This church loves you as a whole this church is full of love and this church loves you I came in here last night and I prayed over this sanctuary and that every person in every seat would know that they are loved that they are forgiven that they're redeemed and that they are a child of God now here's the thing There may be somebody in here who says, George, that's not me. I've never given my life to Christ. Well, I'm gonna give you that opportunity today. I wouldn't want one more day to slip away without giving you the opportunity to know exactly who you are. Let's all please stand. And let's pray together. We're gonna pray a prayer of salvation. And if you've you've never prayed this before in your life, I want you to pray it like you mean it with all your heart. Father, please forgive me. I'm a sinner. Lord, I just lay my life down to you. Lord, I ask you into my life and into my heart I give my whole self to you and I ask that you would take over. Lord, please rule my household and my family. Thank you, God, for saving me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'd like for you to I'm not going to embarrass you. I'd like for you to come up during this altar call and I'd like for you to tell the pastor up here, tell myself, tell somebody. And we want to pray with you again and any needs that you might have. You are loved, you are forgiven, you're redeemed, you're a child of God. There's 30 days left till Christmas. This is a good time, isn't it? Whatever prayer needs that you might have, I know there's a lot of people that's been, been battling sickness and illness and, and, and things. Whatever prayer needs you have at this time, I'd like you to come forward and bring it to God. These altars are open for you and nobody will be praying by themselves. There'll be people come up and pray with you. I'll pray with you as they play. for